Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, it's Thomas Pate. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Magdalene Program. Arsenal versus FC Zurich, Thursday, November the 3rd, kickoff 8 pm. The contents Captain's Notes Around Arsenal, Sustainability, Player Feature Eddie Nkitia, Community Voice, Foundation Voice, Minute Detail. Academy Young Gun Inside Job Leon Hall Visitors FC Zurich Match Action PSV Eindhoven vs Arsenal Match Action Arsenal vs Nottingham Forest and Teams Martin Odegaard Captain's Notes It was a brilliant win for us on Sunday we scored five goals, kept a clean sheet and got three points, so that's the perfect game for us pretty much. Everything went right for us, and one of the good things was that we had a few different goal scorers too, which is always nice to see. It was so good for Reese to score two goals as well, it was a great day for him. We've seen him perform like that regularly in training, so it was no surprise to us. He's been a bit unlucky with injury, so he's been out for a while this season. But every time in training, he's been giving 100%, and you can see his quality. It was a beautiful moment for him on Sunday at the Emirates, and he really deserved it. We're all happy for him, because he's a really nice guy too. He took his opportunity. You could see how his confidence went up after the first goal went in. Moments like that really help your confidence when you haven't played much recently. He hasn't had a lot of minutes lately, so when you do get that chance, you want to make the most of it. Scoring that first goal would have boosted his confidence, and playing at home helps too. Whenever he was on the ball, the supporters were excited, and that transmits to the player too, to try things and play with freedom. I'm sure he was a happy man at the final whistle. I was pleased to get my goal too. I think it was about time, to be honest. It's been a while since I scored the last one, and I've had some good chances to score in that time, where I wasn't clinical enough maybe, or didn't finish well enough so this time I wanted to make sure it was a good, decisive action. Everything I did was positive and towards the goal. I didn't want any doubt in my mind, I just wanted to strike the ball well, and in the end, it was a nice one. We started the game well again, with Gabby's goal, but what was different this time was how we killed the game off. 
We've been speaking about that as a group over the past few weeks. We've had a few games where we've played well in the first half, but the game has changed in the second half and we've been struggling more than we want to. Everyone was a bit frustrated after the past few games, even after the win over Leeds, then the draw at Southampton and the defeat at PSV. Everyone was frustrated with how we performed in those games and we needed this performance last weekend to strike back. It's a sign of how this team is developing that we've had a couple of games where we weren't at our best, yet we're still on top in the Premier League and in Europe. Despite that, we weren't totally happy with what we've been doing, and I think we showed that on the pitch against Nottingham Forest on Sunday. We knew we had more to give, and we wanted to do that. It was a good way to bounce back, and we want to bounce back in the Europa League tonight too. Losing in the Netherlands means we have to win tonight at home to Zurich. That's all there is to it. We've spoken all season about how important it is to finish top of the group and all that comes with it. That's still the aim, of course, and three points will do that tonight. It makes it another big night, another important game, and there's no time to relax. We played FC Zurich already this season, and I know one of their midfielders, Ole Salnes, quite well. We've played a lot together for the Norway national team, and I speak with him every now and then. I spoke to him out in Switzerland for the first game, and we know about their team from that match. All the games are difficult in Europe, and every side is really motivated when they show up at the Emirates. It's a team that we know, if we play well, we should beat, and if we play how we want to, then we should get the win. You always have to show up, put on a good performance, and not expect anything other than a top performance from our opponents. They will come here to prove their qualities, and also they have nothing to lose in this group, which can make them dangerous too. For us though, we need to be professional, concentrate on our performance, and get the win so we can look forward to European football again in March. Also, we want to go into Sunday's game at Chelsea on a high too. It's a game at the home of one of our top rivals, so those matches will always be important for the league table. It's a chance for us to show we can beat the top teams away from home as well. We're still frustrated about what happened at Old Trafford in September because we felt we controlled the game before we threw away some easy goals to lose the game. So Sunday is a match where we have to show a different side to the Man United game and be ready to win these games now. Right now though, all the focus is on tonight's game. All we're thinking about is Zurich and a good result tonight would also set us up for the weekend. Thanks again for the brilliant support at the weekend. Let's get the stadium noisy again tonight. Around Arsenal, Reese at the double. Sunday was an afternoon Reese Nelson will never forget. The 22-year-old came on as a first-half substitute for Bukayo Saka and scored his fifth and sixth first-team goals for the Gunners, his second and third in the Premier League. Reese's previous Premier League goal came over two years ago against Liverpool on July 12, 2020, when there were no supporters in the stadium to celebrate the moment with the young forward. After the game, Reese, who joined our academy as an eight-year-old, spoke about his goals. It was amazing, he said, of his superb first goal. It was like I was playing FIFA a bit, you know. Gabby saw me in the box and I knew I could get there, so I had to get there. I was going to take it first time, and I kind of rolled it onto my left and hit it, and then I think the keeper saved it, 
and I was gutted. And then it came back out, and my eyes lit up. I just hit it, and it went bang into the top corner, so I was really delighted. Then the second one. I was just busting my gut to get into the box, and I think I got there, and of course I just placed it into the corner. But like I said, I'm just really happy, and just overwhelmed by the occasion. An amazing afternoon for Reese. let's hope for many more. North London forever. 300 up. Our win against Nottingham Forest on Sunday was our 300th at Emirates, and what a fantastic performance to bring up the milestone. A reminder that our first win was against Dinamo Zagreb, 2-1 on August 23rd, 2006. Freddie Lundberg and Matteo Flamini got the goals that day. Our 100th win came against Udinese in August 2011, thanks to a Theo Walcott goal, while the 200th was a 5-0 thumping of Lincoln City in the FA Cup in March 2017. We have now played 449 games here, drawing 84 and losing 65. Newcastle United are the club with the most defeats here, with 15, followed by Tottenham Hotspur and West Ham United on 13. Let's hope the 450 milestone this evening is another successful one for the Gunners. Get well soon, Pablo. Supporters will all have read about the tragic incident which involved Pablo Mari in a Milan shopping centre last week. Our central defender was injured in a knife attack in which, tragically, one of the victims sadly lost their lives. Pablo, who is currently on loan at Serie A club Monza, suffered significant injuries to his back, but following an operation, it's hoped the Spaniard will make a full recovery and be available to play football again in two to three months. After Gabriel Martinelli's first goal on Sunday, the players posed for a quick picture with a Pablo Mari shirt, as they continue to think about their teammate and the ordeal he has faced. From everyone at Arsenal, get well soon, Pablo. Whatever the weather. Sims wins. Congratulations to little Sims, who won the prestigious Mercury Prize last month for her recent album, Sometimes I Might Be Introvert. Sims is a lifelong Arsenal fan and was born and bred in Islington, going to school at Highbury Field School, just a stone throw away from Emirates Stadium. Sims was a special guest of the club on Sunday, thoroughly enjoying our five-star performance and she even got the chance to head pitch side to receive a special shirt from Emile Smith-Rowe and a quick interview with Nigel Mitchell. Tonight's permutations Group winners in the Europa League advance directly to the round of 16, which will be held on Thursday, March 9th and Thursday, March 16th. Group runners-up progress to the knockout round playoffs, where they will face one of the eight teams transferring from the Champions League, having finished third in their groups. The playoffs take place on Thursday, February 16th and Thursday, February 23rd. The round of 16 and knockout round playoffs are played over two legs with no away goals rule. A win tonight guarantees Arsenal will advance directly as group winners. A draw or defeat tonight will also see us progress if PSV do not win in their away fixture at Bodo Glimt. However, if PSV win in Norway and the Gunners don't beat Zurich tonight, we will play in the playoff round against the third place finisher from the Champions League.
Two teams, at time of going to print on Tuesday, Barcelona and Sevilla, are confirmed third-place finishers from the Champions League groups. Other teams who can still finish third are Ajax Rangers, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, Tottenham, Sporting Lisbon, Marseille, Frankfurt, AC Milan, Salzburg, Dinamo Zagreb, Leipzig, Juventus and Maccabi Haifa. Knockout round playoffs cannot be played between teams from the same country, so the Gunners couldn't play Tottenham Hotspur if they finished third in their group. Lastly, it's worth noting that both Bodo Glimt and Zurich have great incentive against PSV and Arsenal respectively, as they can both finish third in Group A, which would make them eligible for the UEFA Europa Conference League knockout round playoffs, where they will face the group runners-up from that competition. Current Group A table. Arsenal played 5-1-4, drawn 0, lost 1, goal difference 4, points 12. PSV played 5-1-3, drawn 1, lost 1, goal difference 10, points 10. Bodo Glimt played 5-1-1, drawn 1, lost 3, goal difference minus 4, points 4. Zurich played 4-1-1, drawn 0, lost 4, goal difference minus 10, points 3. Rainbow Laces Weekend Rainbow Laces is a stonewall campaign bringing visibility for LGBTQ plus people in sport and raising awareness for their experiences and we welcome two very special LGBTQ plus representatives to our games on Sunday. You may have read the interview with Jamal Howlett Mundel in the programme on Sunday. Jamal from Croydon is a black bisexual footballer who plays for Ramsgate in the Isthmian League and one of the few male advocates for LGBTQ plus allyship in the men's game. Jamal was presented with an Arsenal home shirt with his surname and Rainbow Laces 22 on the back by skipper Martin Odegaard and as you can see, was wearing the new Love Unites training kit, which is from Adidas New Pride range, and designed in collaboration with Stonewall. At Arsenal's women's game against West Ham, we welcomed Lucy Clark, who is the first ever trans referee in football and a massive gooner. Lucy thoroughly enjoyed our comeback win and was also presented with a shirt by the skipper, this time Kim Little of course. Lucy and Jamal were both interviewed pitchside, and we are hugely thankful that they accepted our invite to amplify this very important campaign, which they did brilliantly. The streets are our own. Arsenal Romania's big day out. We know we have fans all over the world and that those fans love a party. And this was definitely the case at the 8th National Gathering of the Arsenal Romania Supporters Club in Brasov on October 1st. Everything started a day before as people started to gather at an old hotel in Brasov city centre, the club reports. Old friends kept apart by distance, pandemics and jobs had finally been reunited. Following a pub quiz that night, members gathered for the Marius Maruta Cup on the big day. This mini football tournament is now a tradition at the national gatherings and people are drawn into teams named after Arsenal legends. This edition, it was all about legendary coaches. Arsene Wenger, George Graham, Herbert Chapman, Bertie Mee, and obviously Mikel Arteta. 
It was hard-fought British football with knocks, goals from all over the pitch and beers during the breaks. In the end, after four hours of banter, football and songs, the George Graham team lifted the trophy. But they didn't have time to rest on their laurels. That's because the members had to race back into town to catch the North London derby, and you can probably guess they enjoyed the match, especially when Gabriel Jesus scored the second goal. More than 100 gooners were booming, shouting and singing. Then came the red card for a foul on Martinelli, and the atmosphere was even crazier. Zaka making it 3-1 only made things better for our hearts, but worse for our voices. By the end of the game there was so much singing that we started to sound like a raft of ducks. It didn't matter. North London and Brasov were definitely red. South Asian Pathways in Football The Arsenal Academy is delighted to be able to support the PFA in hosting an event at Emirates Stadium to showcase pathways for South Asians who want to work in professional football. We're proud to say that a number of those speaking at the event are employees from the South Asian community who currently work for the Gunners. CEO Vinay Venkatesham will be joined by physiotherapist Zubair Halim, sports scientist Nav Singh, performance nutritionist Tanya Kumar and psychologist Sapna Trehan Sharma. The event takes place on Wednesday, November 16th and there are a limited amount of places available to the public to register to come to the event. You can register by scanning the QR code in this section of the programme. Arsenal Tanzania provide medical kit. A special mention this issue to Arsenal Supporters Club Tanzania, who have donated medical equipment worth nearly £2,000 to their local Sinza Hospital Special Parental Ward. Winfrieda Chengula of the Supporters Club said, we thought it would be good to make a fundraiser and donate this equipment to help efforts to save the lives of pregnant mothers and children. Donations from members and other stakeholders help the club to supply four blood pressure monitors, three Doppler machines and four wheelchairs, alongside other supplies. A representative from Sinza Hospital said, We thank the Arsenal fans for reacting and giving a helping hand to play part in improving the health of their community. All the equipment you have provided is vital to us. Well done to the club and all those who help with donations. And my heart will leave you never. Bittersweet for Granite. Granite Zaka will not feature for Arsenal tonight. His booking against PSV last weekend was his third in the competition and he therefore serves a one-match suspension. The Swiss did, however, pass an important milestone on Sunday making his 200th Premier League appearance for the Gunners, only the 17th player to reach a double century in the Premier League for Arsenal. Granite, who is enjoying an outstanding season, has scored 13 goals in the league and contributed 20 assists. Arctic Monkeys at Emirates We are delighted to announce that Arctic Monkeys will play at Emirates Stadium on Friday, June 16th, Saturday, June 17th, and Sunday, June 18th, 2023, as part of a major UK and Ireland summer tour. Following news of their new album, The Car, which is out now, Arctic Monkeys have lined up the biggest UK and Irish tour of their career to date, with shows set for May and June 2023. 
Arctic Monkeys join an illustrious list of artists and bands to play at our home since it opened in 2006. Following in the footsteps of Bruce Springsteen, Coldplay, Green Day and Muse. This summer we also hosted The Killers who played two sold-out shows as part of their Imploding the Mirage tour, supported by singer-songwriter Sam Fender. Our Chief Commercial Officer Juliet Slot said, It is a true honour to host homegrown talent like Arctic Monkeys at Emirates Stadium. This band have cemented themselves as a key pillar of British music culture over the last 15 years, and we cannot wait to see the hit-packed show they bring next summer. The announcement that Arctic Monkeys will play here reaffirms Emirates Stadium's reputation as a world-class multi-purpose venue in the heart of London. Tickets are on sale now from www.gigsandtours.com and www.ticketmaster.co.uk and hospitality packages are available now from www.hospitality.arsenal.com Notice board, totaliser, £270. Happy 40th birthday, Uncle Tom. Love Joshua, Harry, Eddie and Martha. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy birthday, Thomas, and congratulations on graduating. Love, Sarah. Congratulations, Helena and Matt, Arsenal supporter, on your New Zealand wedding in March. Love, Campbells. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 16th birthday, George. Enjoy the game. Love, Mum, Jack and Sophie. Happy 50th birthday, Caroline, big sister. Love you loads. Betty, kiss, kiss, kiss. Elliot Jaffa, stroke daddy. Happy 45th birthday, love Max, age 6, kiss, kiss, kiss. Arsenal remembers. John Stoker, August 14th, 1958 to October 1st, 2022. John from Hartlepool, an Arsenal fan like his son, Adam, both of whom will always love the club. Philip Thorpe, March 24th, 1954 to October 6th, 2022. Arsenal fan to the end. John S.A., lifelong Arsenal fan, many happy times on the North Bank. Will be missed, dear friend. Kevon Calvin, affectionately known as Buller, late of Morris Hall, St. Catherine, Jamaica. Leaves behind mother, Regina Williamson, sister, Miss Sean Smith, brother, Sean Smith, and other relatives and friends. Buller was a staunch supporter of the club through and through. My blood will forever. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Carabao Cup, Wednesday, November 9th, kick-off, 7.45pm. Tickets are now on sale to Platinum Gold, Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange Service up until 4.45pm on Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Arsenal versus West Ham United. Premier League, Monday, December 26th, kick-off, 8pm. Tickets are on sale to Silver Cannon and JG members via ticket exchange until 5pm on Monday, December 26th. Booking fees will apply to all ticket sales. An allocation of tickets will also go on sale to Red, Red Cannon and Red Senior members at 10am Wednesday, November 9th. Booking fees apply to all ticket sales. Arsenal vs Newcastle United Premier League Tuesday, January 3rd, kick-off 8pm 
Tickets are on sale to Silver, Silver Cannon, Silver Senior, JG and Disability Access members. An allocation of tickets will also go on sale to Red, Red Cannon and Red Senior members at 10am Wednesday, November 16th. Away tickets, Chelsea vs Arsenal, Premier League, Sunday, November 6th, kick-off 12pm. Stamford Bridge. This fixture sold out to all Platinum, Gold and Current Travel Club member 25-plus away points. Wolves vs Arsenal, Premier League. Saturday, November 12th, kick-off 7.45pm, Molyneux. This fixture sold out to all Platinum, Gold and Current Travel Club member 15-plus away points. Run through the stone. Sustainability. Long-term asset. Pictured in the programme is landowner Charo Ngua. Charo is thrilled that we're continuing with the Arsenal Forest scheme, as he is currently in ill health, and also selling some of his land will allow him to send his son to school again. He hadn't been able to attend, as the family couldn't afford the fees. Importantly, land owned by people like Charo has been left dormant as the farmers don't have the resources to fence, weed and plant on the useless deforested scrub. But with the investment from the club and the help from the supporters who are also buying trees in good numbers, we have been able to create a serious long-term asset for the community, whilst generating lots of good quality employment and compensating for the carbon dioxide released and the lumber consumed by the publication of our Match Day programme. Age Awareness The Academy has already made a great start on educating the younger players on the importance of making sustainable life choices. Last year, the then under-16 team embarked on the carbon-neutral tour to Scotland. Following on from this groundbreaking event, we were given the opportunity to talk to the Academy Players Leadership Group. This was the first time that we were able to discuss sustainability with all the leaders of the various age groups, talking about the global issues and the actions that humanity has taken, and what we as individuals can do to play our part in trying to reverse, or at least slow, the damage. It was great to see a couple of the players from the Sustainable Tour coming back to Halen to talk about their progress to the younger age groups. The players were very open to discussing what the club can be doing. Amongst the topics on the table were food, travel, biodiversity and energy. The players provided plenty of ideas and thoughts on how we can start to make changes. It is really enlightening to see the level of interest and engagement from players, from the under-9s up to the under-16s, who are all very quick to talk about what we should be doing. There will be sustainability-based projects for various age groups throughout the season, all aimed at making our young gunners more aware of the role they, their families and the club plays on environmental issues. We can't wait to start working with these age groups and hopefully put together something even better than the 2021 tour. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. More than 20,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. 
We want to expand our 12 and a half acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code in the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Player Feature Inspirational Eddie and Ketia. We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. Our young striker on how the club's history continues to inspire him and his desire to bring European glory to Emirates Stadium. When Eddie Nketiah was six years old, he watched Arsenal lose the Champions League final to Barcelona. When he was 19, he was part of the squad that lost to Chelsea in the final of the Europa League. Those two disappointments, felt even more keenly perhaps as a boyhood Arsenal fan himself, are part of his motivation to help fire Arsenal to European glory this season. In fact, it has been more than a generation since we lifted silverware in any continental competition, the now defunct European Cup Winners' Cup back in 1994, and we've suffered heartbreak in four European finals since then. So, being back in the Europa League this season, after a year's absence, represents a huge opportunity, Eddie believes, for the current group of players to write their name into club folklore. Definitely, that's a big motivation for us this season, he confirms. We want to bring back European success here. Of course, we can only look at the next step, and first of all, trying to win the group. But definitely, our aim is to win the trophy this year. We have the quality and the players to do so, and we're working hard every day to achieve that. European football has always been special for Eddie. It was in the Europa League that he made his first team debut as a very late substitute back in September 2017 at the age of 18, away to BATE Borisov. Since then, he has scored five times from 13 starts, making him our top joint scorer in European football in the current squad. After a frustrating season away from the competition, he is keen to make up for lost time this term. For sure, we all miss playing in European football last season, he adds. I know I certainly did. It gives you more games, more game time, but mainly it's a great feeling to test yourself against European teams and different defences. It's a competition that we've always taken seriously. It's great to be back and hopefully we can have another good run this year and go all the way. The young striker says the competition was also a great way for him to sample life in the first-team squad when he was breaking through. He may have shot prominence with a memorable match-winning brace on his home debut against Norwich in the Carabao Cup, but five of his first seven games were actually in European football, as was his first start. It was amazing to travel with the first team in Europe that season, he says. I was buzzing to be around those players for those games. Obviously, I had travelled on pre-season tours before, 
But going away as part of the squad for those European games was another level. Getting to be around the top pros, to see what they do and how they prepare for games, it was a great experience for me. Then to go on and make my debut, at the age of 18, was a great feeling and something I'm proud of too. At the time, it feels like a reward for your hard work and effort up until that point. But then you realise that's when it starts, and the journey is just getting going, he adds. Now Eddie is seen as one of the more experienced players when it comes to European football. In the current squad, only Bukayo Saka, Rob Holding, Mohamed Elneny and Granite Xhaka have played in more European games for us than Eddie. The next generation are patiently waiting in the wings. The likes of Matt Smith, Catalan Serjan, Amario Cozia Dubri, Bradley Ibrahim and Kayon Edwards have all travelled with the first team to group games this season and Eddie knows all about the buzz around the academy when the European fixtures come out. Yes, that's still happening. The young players coming through look at the competition to get some minutes to get an opportunity in the first team and in fact everyone is buzzing, whether it's the young players or the more senior ones. Everyone is buzzing at the club and I hope that we can see more debuts handed out but also that we get results. It's about winning these games, and that's what everyone wants, from the youth players all the way up. Eddie himself was one of our unused subs for the 2019 Europa League final, alongside Bukayo Saka, on the day before his 20th birthday. It was an interesting experience being involved, he reflects, to be in and around a European final, being part of the squad for the game. It didn't go how we wanted, which is why we want more and another chance to be there and to win the trophy. Another memory of a European final is also fairly fresh in his memory. In 2006, we reached our first ever Champions League final against Barcelona in Paris. Sol Campbell gave us the lead in the French capital before the legendary Barcelona side hit back with two late goals to break Guna Hearts. Among them, Eddie Nketiah, just a couple of weeks away from his seventh birthday. I remember watching it, he says. I watched it with my family. The whole family are gunners, so we all watched it together. Ever since then, really, I've wanted to play in the Champions League. That would be a dream come true for me, especially if I could do it at my boyhood club. Obviously, what happened at the end of last season, when we missed out on the top four, hurt a lot but we've got to use that in our favour this year to kick on from how we finished last year and I think it will only make us stronger. Hopefully we can use that to get back in the Champions League next season because that's where we all want to be. Hopefully this year can be the year when we get back there because it has been too long. Also for the supporters because it's what they deserve watching Champions League football and it would be great to bring Champions League football back to the Emirates. The atmosphere has been amazing all season for us, so it would be just sensational to bring that to the Champions League. We could make the Emirates a real fortress. I watch a lot of Champions League games, he continues. I usually watch a game every Tuesday or Wednesday. If we are away with the team, we'll probably have it on the big screen and a few of the lads will watch it in the hotel. Or if I'm at home, I'll definitely be watching it. I love watching all football. So of course I watch the Champions League whenever I can. Watching those teams and the big strikers makes me want to be a part of it. It's always about watching and learning from the best. 
I'm very motivated to get there, like we all are, and we know what we've got to do to achieve it. We have to keep working hard, taking each game at a time, and those are the levels we want to reach. As a forward, I've grown up watching players like Messi, Neymar, now Mbappe and Lewandowski. There's loads. Messi is the one who always stood out when I was younger. He set the standard, and he is still inspiring people now. And talking of inspiration, where does Eddie find encouragement and motivation from off the pitch? My main inspiration is my family. I'm very close to them still, he replies without hesitation. For everything they have done for me, and everything they've given me, they inspire and motivate me every day to get better. They always support me. It's my mum, my dad, two sisters. I speak to them every day. Literally every day I'll speak to them, and during the week I'll see them as well. They come to the games too, so we are really close. And when it comes to speaking to his dad especially, the conversation usually revolves around football, and Eddie, now 23, wouldn't have it any other way. To be fair, my dad has been a big influence on my career so far. He has always been there for me. He comes to every single game, home and away, and he's a very honest person too so I know he will always tell me just what he thinks. No matter how many games I've played, or no matter how many goals I've scored, he will always tell me how he thinks I can do better, and it's great to have that around me. It keeps me humble, it keeps me hungry, and I'm very grateful for it. He's my biggest critic, but of course he's proud of me too. I remember especially when I made my first team debut, and then when I scored my first goals against Norwich. Those were special moments. But most recently, it's when I made my 100th appearance for Arsenal. To do that at a club like Arsenal means a lot, and he told me how happy that made him. He has been on the journey with me the whole way so far, the ups and downs. My family all know what's happened, and my friends as well, so it was nice to be able to share that moment and achievement with them too. The friends I grew up with and went to school with We're a good group, and it's nice to be able to enjoy things like that with them, he adds. You sense there would be a huge celebration in the Enketia family if Eddie could help the club achieve European success this season. Victory tonight against FC Zurich would certainly be another huge step on the road towards that goal. Community Voice Project Supporting Care Experienced Young People Partner Kadima Woodbine Founder and Chief Executive of Go Forward Youth Established 2012 Participants since starting 100 plus Sessions Weekly activities delivered Supported by events during holiday periods throughout the year More information Jack Ferguson Email jferguson at arsenal.co.uk National Care Leavers Week took place from October the 24th to 28th and raises awareness of care experienced young people. Arsenal in the community have been working with care leavers for more than 10 years with Islington Council and facilitate weekly activities to provide education and employment support. Over the past five years, Arsenal in the community have been working with Go Forward Youth a charity dedicated to supporting care leavers to facilitate events on Christmas Day 
and provide a safe place with a hot meal and fun activities. Kadima Woodbine, founder and chief executive of Go Forward Youth, says, I came up with the idea of a Christmas day for care leavers to respond to the challenges and loneliness they can face at Christmas time. We've worked with Arsenal in the community for the last five years to put on events at the Arsenal Hub. We normally welcome 40 to 50 young people who get to play games and have a football match before sitting down to a full Christmas meal. We've had guest appearances from Emil Smith-Rowe and Leah Williamson. Even during the lockdown, we were still able to run the events online. These events are a great way for young people to get together and enjoy each other's company. We want care-experienced people to live in a world where they don't feel isolated and in a society full of stigma. With opportunity and support, they can achieve their goals. Go Forward Youth also delivers events throughout the year to engage with care leavers and has also set up a project for young people to sell items through a business programme. Individuals who have taken part in Arsenal programmes have also been able to progress on to the programme. Arsenal in the communities, Jack Ferguson, said, It's great working with Kadima, Go Forward Youth and the team at Islington Council to put on the events that are so meaningful to young people. We have a close working relationship with Islington Council and set up a joint programme to support care-experienced young people around education and employment opportunities last year. We look forward to continuing this programme and supporting more young people. Islington Fostering Support Through our work supporting care-experienced young people, Arsenal in the community have become aware of the need in Islington for foster carers to look after local children and young people. So, if you have room in your heart and a room in your home, find out how rewarding fostering can be by calling for a chat on 020-7527-7933. You can also email fostering at islington.gov.uk or visit islington.gov.uk slash fostering. There are three photographs with this report in the print version of this programme. The two small photographs have the captions Go Forward Youth puts on Christmas Day events at the Hub for care leavers with games and football matches followed by a Christmas lunch. The large photograph is Kadima set up Go Forward Youth to support care leavers and help them fulfil their potential. Foundation Voice The Arsenal Foundation has helped Sweet Patuti Arts, an arts organisation that creates films and documentaries around black heritage, launch a new project with the help of Mild May Community Centre. Mild May Centre manager Tina Phillips tells us about it. A great management team can make all the difference. Here at Mild May, our team takes great pride in the reputation and trust we've built at this wonderful facility. Our expertise, creativity, down-to-earth sincerity and passion are a blend we know is valued by our diverse user groups across the borough. When Islington's Sweet Patuti Arts approached us about working with our members for their latest project, a film project called Turning Point, they made a great first impression. Their management team, Tony and Rebecca, have bags of experience from their arts and heritage projects with a variety of communities and the project is hugely exciting. 
Turning Point is a video installation that will open on November 12th at Bristol Museum and Art Gallery. It combines performance and storytelling with archive material, visual art and a 3D soundscape inspired by oral histories of ordinary black people after the First World War. It will be pitched at national and international galleries, cinema and online audiences. It comprises rich, immersive storytelling that hovers between stage and screen. The result of going ahead from our side has been a really lovely once-a-week get-together with Tony, Rebecca and our Golden Oldies group. With many of the long-standing membership having sadly passed away over the past couple of years, the group has recently acquired some new members. These include some of our older community from the Caribbean, many of whom came to the UK in the 1950s and 1960s. Our oldest member is in her 90s, and she runs her table with a wit unmatched by anyone else around her. The Caribbean elders have provided invaluable feedback on the stories in Turning Point. They've also participated in the soundscape, providing their voices for two of the four stories in the exhibition, giving the piece the authenticity that is a trademark of Sweet Patootie Arts. For our members, having the opportunity to speak with Tony about days gone by has been great. It's been a really insightful journey for those involved. Tony not only listens, but hears them and evokes a feeling of value in what they have to say. For us, this is an absolute gem of a project, and, as Tony has said, it brings a sense of ownership to the participants. It's also been an amazing opportunity for us here at the Mild May Community Centre to see an appreciation for our members and to hear the laughter at the stories, some of which can be quite saucy, from our older members. These are the stories that, all too often, become long since forgotten. In this case those stories will live on. For more, visit mildmaycommunitycentre.org and sweetpatootie.co.uk. Minute Detail Since the start of the Premier League in 1992-93, Arsenal have scored more than 2,000 goals. In the series, we choose one memorable goal per minute. Tonight, we're looking at three more, starting with an Ian Wright record-breaker. Ian Wright, Arsenal 4, Bolton Wanderers 2, September 13th, 1997. Total AFC PL goals in the 25th minute, 19. The goal that made history. Ian Wright had made no secret of the fact that he wanted to break the club goal-scoring record at Highbury, and 25 minutes into our home game with Bolton, on September 13, 1997, he got his wish. The striker had already netted once that afternoon, goal number 178, in an Arsenal shirt, before he moved clear of Cliff Bastin on his own, with goal 179. Wrighty appears three times on this list, but this goal was the simplest of the lot. Dennis Bergkamp broke through, forcing a save from Keith Brannigan. The loose ball fell to Patrick Vieira, and as he was challenged, it popped up to right, right place, right time, to tap home into an open goal from three yards. Cue wild celebrations, and legend status confirmed. He later went on to complete a hat-trick, ensuring that he also claimed the match ball, by which to remember this most historic of moments. He said recently, 
For me to have done that, to have become the greatest goalscorer in Arsenal's history, is still difficult for me to comprehend. I wanted to do it for the Arsenal fans by breaking the record at Highbury against Tottenham at the end of August, but it didn't happen. I missed a couple of chances. But one of the greatest things about it, in fact, the thing I loved more than anything, was that I was still able to break the record in front of our supporters a couple of weeks later. Eduardo, Manchester City, 1, Arsenal, 3, February the 2nd, 2008. Total AFC PL goals in the 26th minute, 18. We had lost just one league game all season as we headed to the city of Manchester Stadium in February 2008 and with the strike force of Emmanuel Adebayo and Eduardo really beginning to motor, Arsene Wenger's men were title favourites going into the last few months of the campaign. Adebayo gave us a ninth-minute lead before our Croatian striker Eduardo doubled the advantage with some excellent quick thinking. His strike partner headed the ball down to him, and Eduardo, back to goal on the edge of the six-yard box, controlled it on his chest, then swivelled and volleyed home left-footed in one fluid motion. It proved to be his last goal before suffering an horrendous broken leg just three weeks later, an injury that would rule him out of action for a year and also proved the downfall in our title race. Patrick Vieira, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 2, November the 9th, 1997. Total AFC PL goals in the 27th minute, 30. This is the second goal in our list from this crucial win over Manchester United in the 1997-98 double season. This one doubled our lead just before the half hour, and it was another cracker. Ray Parler's corner was cleared, rolling all the way to Patrick Vieira outside the area. The Frenchman sized up his first-time shot, not even taking a touch to control, and sent the ball curling at speed away from Peter Schmeichel and in off the crossbar. There was still more work to be done as the champions hit back to level later in the first half, but David Platt's late winner ensured that this classic strike from Vieira will always be associated with a seminal win for Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Academy Young Gun, Kobe Small The Basics, born July 26, 2006 Joined Arsenal January 2022 Height and weight, 77 kilograms, 6 foot Physician, CB stroke RB School, Bobby Moore Academy Squad number, 112 Rate yourself out of 100 Pace, 85 Dribbling, 82 Passing, 90. Shooting, 72. Defending, 92. Physical, 91. Interview, Samuel Gilbert. Photography, David Price. The past. My favourite Arsenal player of all time is Bergkamp. My earliest Arsenal memory is 2014 FA Cup Final. A football memory that makes me smile is my signing day. The moment I realised I could make it is when I signed for Arsenal. One piece of advice I would give my younger self is stay confident in your ability and trust the process. 
My best subject in school was science. The first player who made me fall in love with football is Messi. Growing up, my position was central midfield. The coach who has impacted my game most is Adam Birchall. My most clutch moment so far is a last-minute block. The present. My favourite rising footballer is Saliba. My best attribute on the field is passing. One thing I'm doing to improve my education is my economics A-level. My favourite current Arsenal player is Martinelli. My favourite YouTuber is Chunks. My hardest working teammate is Alexi Rogers. My most skillful teammate is Ethan Noaneri. My favourite training grill is small-sided games. My favourite music artist is Drake. My introduction to organised football came a bit later than your usual player. Up until I was about 10, I was just playing in the cages with my friends across East London. I wasn't involved in any organised football before then. My mum didn't actually want me to play football when I was young. She thought that a lot of kids did that, so wanted me to try something else. She never specifically told me no football, but she definitely pushed me into playing other sports. I took part in judo and athletics instead, but it was the team aspect of football that attracted me to it so much. My introduction to Sunday League football is actually a funny story. One morning I was walking through Victoria Park and I saw a team training. They were called Westwood Boys. I went over and spoke to the coach to see if I could join in and he told me to go home and get my boots. That's how it all started. That same day I was training with them and I played there from under 10s to under 14s. The coach who I spoke to on that day, Edwin, I still keep in touch with today and he gives me advice. To an extent he made me the player that I am today so I have a lot to thank him for. I love playing organised football but at the same time I knew that I always wanted to push on and progress to the next level. The first club that I had a trial with was Tottenham at the end of the under-13 season. Then at the start of the next season I had a trial at Crystal Palace. Neither of those worked out and I didn't get the decision I wanted. But halfway through that season I got the call from Arsenal and things started to click from there. I was shocked when I heard that Arsenal wanted me on trial. I grew up supporting the club, so I couldn't believe it. After the disappointment at Tottenham and Palace, it almost felt like this was my final chance. It was an eight-week trial, and there was a two-week break halfway through. I started off the trial really well, and I was really happy with how I was playing. But then I noticed that my performances started to dip right before the break. During the break, I had to reassess, take stock and make sure that I didn't let this opportunity slip. After the break, I came back, turned around my performances and managed to get the decision I wanted. It's actually interesting. At the end of the trial, my coach asked me how I thought it went and I told him about my dip in performances and he was glad to hear me say that. He said it showed signs of humility, which is one of our major pillars here. When it came to decision day, it was my last game and we were playing Leicester City away. I think we won 3-2 and my coach came and told me it was good news. 
I remember in the meeting with him, I sat down with my mum and stepdad, and we were all so happy. The drive home was crazy. It was exactly what I was dreaming of. We went out for a meal to celebrate. That's the tradition in our family. That's just what we do. I was so pleased because I was getting to the stage for me at under 14 level where it was getting hard to break in. The older you get, the harder it is to break into academy football. There were moments of doubt, especially when you're going on trials and not getting the answers you want. You feel like you've missed out on all this training, but you just have to keep believing and play with confidence. I think that even though I did miss out on years of training and coaching, not being in the academy system helped me in other ways. I was the captain of my team at Sunday League level, and there's added pressure in a way because you have to play for points and even just the humility of it. When you've not had it, you appreciate what you've got. It's still crazy to me sometimes when I'm playing. I feel like I definitely appreciate it all a lot more now. The overriding emotion on my first day at Hale End was excitement to get going. I was ready to learn and take in all the advice from the coaches. But unfortunately, Covid had a big impact on my academy experience. I got signed in January 2020 and then it all hit. So it was tough to get through that. We couldn't go into training. We had to do virtual sessions. The main thing keeping me going was my family. My mum motivating me to keep working hard even when there was no clear sight of when we might be back. But the key was to just be ready for when you do go back. When it came to getting my scholarship, it was a really nervy period because I was actually one of the last to get it. Seeing all the other lads get their decision built a bit of tension. I sat down for a meeting with Per, and he delivered the good news. It was crazy that day. We went out for another meal to celebrate. We went for a steak near Tower Bridge. Making my under-18s debut was a great experience. It's a thing you look forward to when you're at Hale End, playing for points again. I think I've been performing well this season, especially in training. I'm just working hard to try and get more game time to show what I can do. Jack and Birch have been telling me about playing quick and making decisions quicker on the pitch. They say I have good technical ability, but if you can play quick, you don't need to show it. Working with Jack has been great. You know that he's got the experience. He knows what he's talking about. And the same applies to Birch. Them both having that experience helps you through. They know what it's like and can communicate with you in a way that you understand. Birch signed me at under-14 level and he's basically been with me the whole way, so I can't thank him enough. Pear was a big idol for me growing up as an Arsenal fan and being a centre-back, he was always someone that I looked up to. My nan is a crazy Arsenal fan and she loved him too. He joins in the sessions occasionally too and shows that he's still got it. Being at Colney and rubbing shoulders with the lights of Bukeo, Emil, Eddie and Reese is massive for us. It inspires all of us. We all look up to them and to know that there is a pathway for us is massive. Reese especially has been very welcoming and talks to us all. He's spoken to me a few times and given me advice just about staying confident whether you're playing well or not playing. Just staying confident and being patient for your opportunity 
and good things will come. A successful season for me would be solidifying my position in the under-18s and becoming a regular starter at that level. The future. A player who could go all the way is Josh Nichols. If I could play with anyone, I would like to play with Messi. If I could get a degree in anything, I would choose medicine. I would be a better player if I was better in the air. If I could play in any other country, I would play in Spain or Italy. One person I want to meet is Messi. One trophy I would love to win is Champions League. My dream first team squad number is four. Inside Job by Leanne Hall Each programme we catch up with a member of the staff to find out more about what makes a club tick behind the scenes. This evening we hear from Leanne Hall, who is assistant coach and individual player development coach at Arsenal Women. Leanne tells us about how her career as a player and coach brought her to the club and how she helps to make a difference on and off the pitch. My job is my coaching philosophy, to take a player to a place where they can't take themselves, that is to push, challenge, develop and inspire them to be the best they can be. I have the opportunity to help people on a daily basis in my dual role here, which makes this my dream job. I started football with my sporty elder brother, who was and still is my role model. He was a goalkeeper and I would watch him train and I'd collect the ball. I was originally a midfielder at Sheffield Wednesday Ladies, but in one of our games a keeper got injured, so I went in goal. I must have remembered more from watching my brother's sessions than I thought. I did fairly well in goal after that. At 16 I moved to Doncaster Bells, and while playing, I coached the under-12s. This is where my love of coaching began. Then I was playing for England, when Hope Powell asked me to coach the under-15 goalkeepers, and over the next 20 years I coached all youth age groups and gained valuable experience at several Euros and World Cups. These youth groups included the likes of Leah Williamson, Beth Mead and Lot Vuben Moy. I've known these players way too long. They were sweet and innocent once. I suffered a serious neck injury at Doncaster, but I was passionate about coaching and continued with my outfield coaching badges at the same time as my goalkeeper licence. That helped me to transition from goalkeeper coach to assistant coach and individual development coach to the outfield players at the club. After the Under-20 World Cup with England in 2018, I was planning on having a break from the game, but while I was away, Claire Wheatley called me about a new full-time goalkeeper role here. The rest is history. My main role day-to-day -day is to assist Jonas Eideval and the staff to plan and deliver training sessions. I lead parts of the session involving individual development or assist the lead coach by providing individual detail within the session. At the start of last season, the players were given position-specific principles, so now through each session I meet with them to discuss their development using video clips and statistics. Every day I will be talking to players or devising player plans to present. I also assist in devising tactics, game plans and team presentations. Match day is the best part of my week and why I do the job. 
I get to see all the hard work being put into practice before the game I assist with the warm-up and final details for set pieces. During the game I talk to the analyst about individuals and set piece details. Before half-time I give Jonas our coaching observations to assist him with the team talk and I'll have a quick chat with the individuals if needed. In the second half, it can get a little crazier with substitutions, as my role is to communicate any set-piece changes to the players. We have recently conducted a review into our operations, and as a club rich with history and known for being ahead of the game for many years, it's important we don't take our place in the sport for granted. The rapid growth of the game has led to so-called smaller clubs investing and advancing, which has spurred on the top clubs even more. The review was designed to assess where we are at in terms of staffing, facilities and culture, to ensure we have the resources in terms of quality and quantity, to deliver high performance, to excel and compete with the best in Europe. We also have a new facility at London Colney that is due to open before the end of the year, a project overseen by our leadership team along with senior players. It will provide bespoke facilities that will help us move closer to a high-performance environment. It will include bigger changing and medical rooms and offices. We will also have our own meeting room and recovery room, which is the biggest advancement, as this means we have access 24-7, something that has been a challenge for several seasons. This season we are playing even more regularly at the Emirates, and I love playing here. I talk a lot about high performance, and this is important to create that feel. The Tottenham game was a very different vibe. In my experiences of big crowds in the women's game, it has felt like families attending for a day out or a new experience. It now feels like we continue to attract these supporters, but in addition we can attract avid Arsenal fans. You can tell this from the songs sung at the game. Let's have more of the same against Manchester United on November 19th. In terms of success, the highlight of my time here so far was winning the league in 2019. We won through adversity and with style. I'm very competitive and winning is a big part of my drive. But my biggest driver is seeing the development of the players. Every little thing I do to help one of the team improve is a massive highlight for me. Arsenal Women is a club with deep roots and we have such a long history of success. I've seen the club develop further over the years and its brand is huge. But what makes Arsenal is the players. I'm very aware of the history of the club, but I'm more aware of its present. I'm extremely proud to be part of the current setup. Every day I go to work where I love doing my job. Our players are incredible people, and when I'm on the pitch I step back and see world-class talent. I'm honoured to work with players who inspire, challenge and educate me, and make me smile every day. I was lucky enough to play for Fulham, who were the first professional women's team in England. I was also privileged to play for Doncaster Bells when the rivalry with Arsenal put the women's game on the map. While the Bells were the trailblazers, Arsenal brought professionalism by combining part-time club roles with playing, and Arsenal were the team to beat. It's crazy to think with my experience of playing and coaching in the WSL and at international level for over 20 years that this is actually my first full-time job within the women's game.
It has taken long hours, lots of travel and hard work, but it's certainly been worth it. I feel very lucky and privileged to be in this role. FC Zurich. FC Zurich. FC Zurich in European competition. Champions League stroke European Cup 11 times. Best semi-finals in 1963 stroke 64. European Cup Winners' Cup 3 times. Best quarter-finals in 1973 stroke 74. Europa League stroke UEFA Cup 16 times. Best third round in 1998 stroke 99. Intercities Fair Cup, three times, best quarterfinals in 1967 stroke 68. In 2021 stroke 22, they were the champions of Switzerland, but the 2022 stroke 23 campaign has been a major letdown so far for FC Zurich, both at home and abroad. There were celebrations aplenty for the club back in the spring as they romped home to the Swiss Super League title ending a 12-year wait to be crowned champions for the 13th time as they finished a whopping 14 points clear of runners-up Basel. They won 23 of their 36 matches, scoring 78 goals. The contrast with this season could hardly be greater. There were three key figures in last season's success. German head coach Andre Breitenreiter, Gambian 20-goal top scorer Asan Cisse, and Italian teenage flyer Wilfried Gnotto. Unfortunately, all three left in the summer. The coach to take over at Bundesliga side Hoffenheim, Cisse to join newly promoted Italian club Lecce in Serie A, and Gnotto to Leeds. That triple blow was certain to have an impact, but nobody could have foreseen just how far the club would fall in so short a time. Remarkably, their 1-0 victory away to Sion on Sunday was their first Super League win of the season. Until the weekend, the Swiss champions had lost 7 and drawn 6 of their opening 13 matches, scoring just 8 goals. And they were doing so with their third coach of the season, Dane Bo Henriksen, having taken over last month after summer appointee Franco Foda, the former Austrian national team coach, had lasted only a few weeks and been temporarily replaced by interim boss Ganesio Colatrella. Foda was the man in charge of FCZ for the encounter with Arsenal in St Gallen, and he was also responsible for getting the team into the group stage. Although Zurich kicked off their first European campaign for four years by losing their Champions League qualifier after extra time to Karabek. Foda steered them past both Linfield and Hearts in the Europa League preliminaries. Until added time of last week's home game against Bodo Glimt, when Zurich completed a wildly celebrated 2-1 comeback win, the club's group stage form was every bit as disappointing as their league form, notably when they were trounced on successive Thursdays by PSV, losing 5-1 at home and 5-0 in Eindhoven. Still, perhaps an early exit from Europe should that transpire tonight, will concentrate minds on the main task, to lift themselves clear of the domestic relegation zone. The boss, Bo Henriksen, head coach, born 7th of February 1975, 
Roskilde, Denmark, Netherlands. Previously, Fronschotch, 2007-2014. Horsens, 2014-2020. Mid-Gieland, 2021-2022. FC Zurich are hoping that Henriksen proves third time lucky. The Danish coach having become the third head coach hired by the club this season when he was appointed on October 10th. The 47-year-old was available having left Danish Superliga side FC Midtjylland in late July after just one season in charge, during which the Jutland club finished runners-up to FC Copenhagen and also took part in all three European club competitions. Once a Football League striker with Kidderminster Harriers and briefly Bristol Rovers, the highlight of his playing career came early when he helped unheralded village side Herr Folger to a fairy tale Danish title win. Number 23. The Keeper, Captain. Yannick Brecker, Goalkeeper. Born Zurich, Switzerland. 25th of May 1993. Previously, Ville, Lone. An FC Zurich youth product, Brecker has been the club's first choice goalkeeper for the best part of five years. A Switzerland international at every age group level from 17 to 21, he was appointed as club captain three seasons ago and led the team to Super League glory last season, starting 34 of their 36 matches. The 29-year-old recently made his 200th appearance for the club in Switzerland's top division and has started all five Europa League group games. Number 21. The veteran. Velerim Desimeli. Midfielder. Born Tetovo, North Macedonia. 12th of April 1986. Previously, FC Zurich, Bolton, Torino, Parma, Napoli, Galatasaray, Genoa, Lone, Bologna, Montreal Impact, Lone, Szczecin. Veteran Desimeli is a former Switzerland national team colleague of Granit Xhaka, playing alongside the Arsenal midfielder for seven years until he ended his international career after the 2018 World Cup, where he scored his 10th international goal in a 2-2 draw with Costa Rica. Having started his career at FC Zurich, the versatile midfielder returned in 2020 after 13 years away most of those in Italy, notably at Napoli, with whom he was a two-time Coppa Italia winner. Number 2. The local boy. Lindrit Camberi. Defender. Born Zurich, Switzerland, 7th of October 1999. Previously, Ville, Lohn. Winterthur, Lohn. Born and bred in Zurich of Kosovan ancestry, the feisty 23-year-old centre-back came through the FCZ Academy but spent time out on loan at Ville and Winterthur in the Swiss Challenge League, second tier, before establishing himself in the first team. Having made his debut for the club in April 2021, he was only a bit part player in last season's domestic title success, but has been a regular at the back this season, starting and finishing all five Europa League group games. Number 10. The match winner, Antonio Marchesano. Midfielder. Born Bellinzona, Switzerland. 18th of January 1991. Previously, by Chesi, Locarno, Bellinzona, Winterthur, Biel Biena. Last week's match-winning hero, 
Marciano spent the early part of his career in his native Ticino, the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland, and has been an FC Zurich player since 2016. He won promotion in his debut season and the Swiss Cup in his second, scoring the winner in the final against Young Boys 2-1. And the inventive playmaker was also one of the main men in last season's Super League success, scoring 13 goals for the second successive season. Number 28, the Estonian, Karol Metz, defender, born Viljandi, Estonia, 16th of May 1993. Previously, Tulevik, Warrior, Flora, Viking, NAC Breda, AIK, El Etifak, CSKA, Sofia. A much-travelled defender who can also operate as a holding midfielder. Met's career has taken him from his native Estonia to Norway, the Netherlands, Sweden, Saudi Arabia, Bulgaria and since January this year, Switzerland, after he joined FCZ midway through their title-winning campaign, making a dozen appearances. The 29-year-old has been an Estonia international since November 2013, earning 82 caps, 11 of them as captain, but is still seeking a first international goal. Number 3. The Spaniard, Adrián Guerrero, midfielder, born, Blaines, Spain, 28th of January 1998. Previously, Royce, Valencia, Lugano, Lone. A Spanish left-footer, Guerrero made a notable contribution to the club's 2021-22 Swiss Super League triumph, having arrived the previous summer after an impressive season on loan to Swiss side Lugano from Valencia. A native Catalan who played youth football for Barcelona's academy but never made the grade there at senior level, he can operate both in midfield or at left-back and scored his first European goal in Zurich's 2-1 home win over Hearts in August's Europa League playoff. Number 8. The Norwegian, Ole Selnes, midfielder. Born Trondheim, Norway, 7th of July 1994. Previously, Rosenborg, Saint Etienne, Shenzhen, Hebei, Lone. Selnes is a former Norway international teammate of Martin Odegaard, winning 32 caps and scoring two goals between 2015 and 2019. When he left French side Saint Etienne for a three year spell in China with Shenzhen. He joined Zurich in the summer on a one-year deal and had the misfortune of scoring an own goal on his return to Norway in the 2-1 defeat at Bodo Glimt on match day two. Part of his time at Saint-Étienne was spent under current Paris Saint-Germain boss Christophe Galtier. Number 11. The Nigerian. Tosin Ayegun. Forward. Born. Lagos, Nigeria, 28th of June, 1998. Previously, Vent Spils, a stocky, industrious 24-year-old striker who was born in Nigeria but plays international football for Benin, his first port of call in Europe was in Latvia, where he won the 2016-17 Domestic Cup shortly after his arrival, scoring in the final, which his Vent Spils side won on penalties against Riga FC. He moved to Zurich in September 2019, and scored six goals in last season's Super League triumph. His first European goal for the club came in Belfast 
in a 2-0 win against Linfield in early August. Scouting Report Words Michael Cox Photography Getty Images A great deal has changed about FC Zurich from last season to this season. Last time out they won the Swiss Super League and this time around they're bottom of the table. And quite a lot has changed since Arsenal's 2-1 win in Switzerland back in early September. Zurich have changed manager. Replacing Franco Foda with former Midtjylland boss Bo Henriksen. That has also resulted in a change of formation, with Henriksen ditching the 4-3-3 system and preferring 3-4-1-2. The results so far have been mixed in domestic competition, while in Europa League Zurich were twice thrashed by PSV 5-1 and 5-0. In those games almost everything seemed to go wrong defensively. First they looked vulnerable to long balls in behind, then they invited too many long-range shots and then they looked badly organised at set pieces. The last gasp 2-1 win over Bodo Glimt, however, showed some signs of life. And, from the way they celebrated Antonio Marchesano's late winner, also shows they're still fighting to pick up wins in Europe. Although still battling for a third-place finish that would send them into the Conference League, perhaps it's more about simply gaining confidence. For all the goals he's conceded, Yannick Breacher is actually a fine goalkeeper, tall and imposing, and the captain of the side. He has become accustomed to playing behind a three-man defence which has sometimes looked short of speed. Lindrit Camberi starts every game to the right. He and Brecker are likely to be the only Swiss starters, with Nikola Katik probably playing the sweeper role and either Fidan Aliti or Karol Metz to the left. Zurich have good quality at wing-back. Down the right, Nikola Borani Jerzevic motors up and down the touchline and is also capable of pushing inside into goal-scoring positions too. On the left, Adrian Guerrero has benefited from the change of system and is offering a good attacking threat down the left. Henriksen has chopped and changed in midfield. Oli Selnes will probably start and sit deep with energetic midfielder Chi Conde, one of the few positives from Zurich's season, having arrived in the summer. He has more licence to push forward, but is unlikely to offer much of a goal threat, having not registered in his 90-odd career league games thus far. Veteran Bellerim Dzmeli, notable for a successful stint with Napoli, is another option. The two deep midfielders provide a platform for diminutive Italian Marciano to play as a classic number 10. He won and then missed a penalty in the 1-0 weekend win over Sion. That game was notable for seven of Zurich's 11 starters being shown a yellow card and for them twice thinking they'd conceded an equaliser only for VAR to intervene. Zurich lack a prolific striker. The probable front two here are Jonathan Otika, who netted the winner at the weekend, and Ayegun Tosin, who is also capable of playing wide and sent in an outstanding cross for Okita's consolation goal in the first thrashing by PSV. Swiss Blanks FC Zurich have lost all five of their away matches against English sides in Europe, conceding three goals per game on average. Their most recent away game against an English club saw them lose 3-0 against Aston Villa in the UEFA Intertoto Cup in July 2002.
match action. Europa League, Thursday, October 27th, 2022, 5.45pm, Philips Stadion, PSV Eindhoven 2, Arsenal 0. Timeline, 43 minutes, PSV go ahead through Simons, but the goal is ruled out by VAR for offside. 47, and Katia shoots just wide after a good move. 55, Veerman puts PSV ahead. 63, De Jong heads the second from a corner. Mikel Arteta, it's really difficult to win every game in Europe. We are in a really good position. We're disappointed tonight, but there's no time to feel sorry for ourselves. We have to react on Sunday. We have a really important game, and then we'll look at Zurich. We have to be much better than we were today. Facts. Aaron Ramsdale played his first ever European club fixture. Gabriel Martinelli made his 100th appearance for Arsenal. This ended a run of 16 consecutive away games in Europe in which we have scored at least once. Match action. Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. Arsenal 5, Nottingham Forest 0. Arsenal scorers. Martinelli, 5th minute. Nelson, 49th and 52nd minute. Party, 57th minute. Odegaard, 78th minute. Sunday, October 30th, 2022. Emirates Stadium. Timeline. 5th minute. Martinelli dives in to head home Saka's cross. 49th minute. Nelson scores at the second attempt after his first shot was saved. 52nd minute. Nelson makes it 3-0 with a neat finish at the near post. 57th minute. Party smashes home a screamer from outside the area. 78th minute. Odegaard completes the scoring into the top corner. Facts. This is our biggest ever top flight victory over Nottingham Forest. Granit Xhaka became the 17th player to reach 200 Premier League appearances for us. This was our 300th win at Emirates Stadium in our 449th game. Reese Nelson. It was an amazing display from us, and of course, I'm just happy to get on and get a couple of goals. But the most important thing was the three points and the display. Teams. Teams. For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, red. One. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Magalhães. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emil Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. William Saliba. 14. Edion Kitier. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu. 21. Fabio Vieira. 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 27. Marquinhos. 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper. 
31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. For FC Zurich, manager Bo Henriksen. Shirt, yellow with blue sleeves. Shorts, blue. Socks, blue. 1. Zivko Kostadinovic, goalkeeper. 2. Lindrit Camberi. 3. Adria Guerrero. 4. Vecchia Umaragic. 6. Fidan Aliti. 7. Bledion Krasniki. 8. Ole Silnis. 9. Ivan Santini. 10. Antonio Marchesano. 11. Jonathan Akita. 15. Tosin Aigen. 16. Mark Honchu. 17. Sheka Conde. 18. Donizavdi. 19. Nikola Boroniza Savic. 20. Berdan Vionik. 21. Blairim Gemeli. 23. Fabian Rona. 24. Nikola Kacic. 25. Yannick Brecker, goalkeeper. 27. Salmin Hodza. 28. Carol Metz. 31. Merlin Krietiu. Tonight's officials are from Belgium. Referee, Alec Lambrechts. Assistant referees, Joe Devert, Julien Vanizer. Fourth official, Jasper Vergut. VAR official, Dennis Johan Higler, Netherlands. Additional VAR official, Massimiliano Erati, Italy. Tonight's other Europa League fixtures, 8pm unless stated. Group A. Budo Glimt versus PSV. Group B. Dinamo Kiev versus Fenerbahce. Hren versus AEK Lamaca. Group C. Roma versus Ludogorets. Real Betis versus HJK Helsinki. Group D. Union Saint-Gilloise versus FC Union Berlin. Sporting Braga versus Malmö. Group E. Real Sociedad versus Manchester United. 5:45 p.m. Sheriff Tiraspol versus Ammonia Nicosia. 5:45 p.m. Group F. FC Midtjylland versus SK Sturmgratz. 5:45 p.m. Lazio versus Feyenoord. 5:45 p.m. Group G. FK Karabag versus SC Freiburg. 5:45 p.m. Olympiakos versus Nantes. 5:45 p.m. Group H. Prabsonspor versus Ferencvaros. 5:45 p.m. Monaco versus Red Star Belgrade. 5:45 p.m. Premier League. 30 years of stories. 30 years of lungs busting, nets bulging, audacious goals, outrageous flicks. Academy breakthroughs, legends return. 30 years of gasps, groans, chants. Full-time cheers, full-time tears, saying we were there. 
But that's not all. The game is just the start. 30 years of supporting communities. 30 years of investing in the wider game. 30 years of thrilling football. Made possible by 30 years of your support. Premier League. Adidas Arsenal New 22-23 third kit Available now at the Armoury and ArsenalDirect.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.